1: Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Aldous podcast. I'm your host, Ben Sparks, and today we are continuing with our digital transformation series focusing on ServiceNow. Today we are very excited to host Sachin, who is a SVP of digital technology at Tech Mahindra. He is a strategic technology leader who builds and scales enterprise grade platforms that deliver digital adoption in Fortune 1000 companies. He prides himself on helping innovate, optimize and grow businesses by applying technology to achieve business outcomes. He uses strategy and execution to build and scale technology through organizational change and collaboration and innovation. Today, Sachin is going to be talking about a number of different topics, including the exciting years that he's had at Tech Mahindra, but also focusing in primarily on the macro themes relating to digital transformation in and around his portfolio of customers, best practice, and also looking at the exciting world of AI ops. So, Sachin, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Ben. Excited to be here.
1: Oh, us too. So, yeah, obviously, people will have heard of Tech Mahindra. Let's start by giving uh, our listeners a quick high-level overview of the organization.
2: So, Tech Mahindra is a $5-6 well, billion global system integrator, managed services provider. Uh, we work with a number of Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 clients across the globe. Uh, we have presence in 60-plus uh, countries now. We have been in existence for uh, close to 35 years now. So it's a happening place. It's a place where we are doing a lot of work, exciting work around digital technologies around the globe.
1: So let's talk about you for a little while. I'd love to know a bit more about your responsibilities and how you fit into the picture over there at uh, at Tech Mahindra.
2: Sure. So so my role is uh, as a senior vice president for digital technology is uh, uh, shepherding the digital practice uh, within North America. I'm responsible for building and scaling large enterprise-grade platforms, Fortune 1000 plans around uh, customer experience platforms, data platforms, driving growth and digital transformation. Uh, there is some interesting work we are also doing that you mentioned about AI ML. So that's uh, in last year and a half, that that's a big focus. Uh,
1: And you've been at Tech Mahindra for a number of years now, like I said, a large part of the 25 that they've been around. I'd love to know a little bit about your kind of career and some of the sort of maybe key promotions or moves that you've made and and maybe why they were so impactful to you over the years.
2: Sure, absolutely. It has been an absolute phenomenal journey, I would say, 25 years and when i joined tech mahindra we were literally less than 100 million in revenue 350 people across the globe we didn't have too many locations then either and, and from that humble beginnings today we are from 100 million upwards of 5 billion dollars more than 120,000 people across 60 countries so it has been a phenomenal growth story road journey i think company has grown i personally feel I have grown substantially as a part of that journey as we have gone you know along I have worked in Asia I have worked in Europe I came to US about 14 years ago, and it has been a phenomenal journey. when I left UK I think in terms of the journey and turning points I would say that was probably one moment.
1: So let's zoom out quite a lot I have quite a wide question here for you and I know that having spoke before the podcast that you've been involved with enough- number of different industry segments within your portfolio over the years so if you can summarize what would you say some of the more macro themes are that are driving digital transformation in enterprise or, or like i said the the, the first five uh, 1000 customers
2: yeah if you asked me that question about about maybe one and a half years ago my mind would have been more nuanced and i would say this and that Listen, this one and a half last one and a half years has completely accelerated digital and has made it, you know, more of a mandate for most of the companies that I'm working with. It's a matter of survival now, where it was maybe an innovation project two years ago and where people were uh, experimenting with technology. Today, it's a matter of uh, survival. There are so many big brands that have used the opportunity of this. Entire pandemic, remote work, remote experiences, and all of this to really drive their digital journey, start their direct-to-consumer kind of initiatives, launch themselves in a big way in digital because user adoption. Right? key aspect has been always user adoption, how do you drive adoption? While the companies can invest multiple million dollars in technology, user adoption is always tricky. But the pandemic and the fact that we all have worked and worked very successfully remotely for a year and a half means remote experiences, digital technology has got a tremendous boost. I think this is an opportunity for digital transformation in a true sense. If, If you looked at digitization and if you looked at digital transformation, for me, there's a big difference there in terms of fundamentally looking at the business model transformation. And saying, is there an opportunity for my business to not only transform how we do work, but also as long as I am true to my purpose and as long as I'm true to my why do I exist as a company or as a business? I, I think everything else in my mind has to be questioned today as a part of the digital transformation and is being questioned by many successful companies. And I think that is, to me, that is the sense of digital transformation today.
1: It's interesting you've said accelerated. So it sounds like this was already in play pre-pandemic. We've just fast-tracked it to handle the challenges that 2020 brought, if I hear you rightly.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I I think many of these trends were already significantly already in play. The pandemic has only accelerated them in a big way. What, What the pandemic and the overall direction now is really about, how do you really look at new revenue streams? When we say digital transformation, how do you enable new revenue stream? How do you enable growth? How do you even look at uh, product simplification for your portfolio? Because uh, you can digitize a journey, but if your existing portfolio, if your products are common, the customer adoption, the user adoption is going to be limited. And what the industry is now doing is fundamentally looking at the simplification from a business uh, process perspective, simplification from a Product portfolio perspective, and really build, building entire value chain with an aim to digitize the customer experience journeys. As long as you take the holistic view of the entire value chain and not just uh, the point to workflow automate, automated solutions, I think there is, uh, there is tremendous uh, opportunity and tremendous readiness from a user.
1: So I'm guessing you've got a few use cases across your portfolio. Are there any that you could share with us, either success stories or, or area or something that you feel really showcases some of the transformational trends you've just mentioned?
2: One of the recent ones that we concluded, the customer experience portal for a tier one communication service provider. They were integrating a number of their portals from a number of diversified companies that they had acquired over the course of a period. And uh, the user experience was uh, not the best in terms of a seamless user experience across the journey. Performance on many of these pages was suboptimal. And what we when we started the journey, what I said is fundamentally you have to give user experience front and center. You have to make user experience front and center, and tech. In some ways, technology comes becomes the enabler and not the driver for the transformation. So in some ways you can look at and say, uh, the tail cannot wag the top. And hence we put business process and effortless customer experience front and center and realigned the entire design architecture in such a way that the content management systems, the entire e-commerce platform was delivering to the design that was laid out from a customer experience and user experience. We had a fundamentally Define the customer experience journeys, user experience journeys, create a seamless experience across multiple channels, uh, a physical store, the digital portal, chat, call center agents, create a seamless customer experience and deliver that experience enabled by technology, not the other way.
1: Fantastic. Any, Any others that you can share?
2: There's an interesting, fairly fundamental transformation that, that we are still in the midst of, of replacing a mainframe legacy system, another Fortune 500 company. And this is a 40, 45-year-old legacy system, which is ingrained in their business processes, wow. which is part of their all their user experience journeys, which is part of their fabric, really, in terms of entire IT processes and uh, we are at the moment building a cloud native order management platform for them which is all microservices architecture and uh, simplifying the user journey simplifying the product catalog and it's a learning curve it's a huge learning curve in terms of the intricacies that that develop over a course of time for some of these legacy systems because people come to depend on it business your business processes get woven around some of these legacy systems and when you try to unravel some of these from the scene it does it does expose you to quite a few surprises when we were sitting down and looking at overall architecture there was so much of learning in terms of just the domain of the business domain for this company in terms of domain decomposition Uh, In my mind, that was probably the most important aspect in the entire journey, where we looked at the business, we looked at the journeys. When we create a pragmatic balance between microservices, you want to drive very atomic, independent, encapsulated, etc., microservices, but at the same time, you're looking at a very complex business domain which has long-standing orchestrations. It does require a pragmatic design approach wherein you take a balance between the true architectural principles, create a domain decomposition, which can allow you to implement something like microservices in a fairly complex, long-standing business. Yes, very, very evolving and very intricate. You
0: are listening to The Oldest Podcast, When you're looking to scale your team or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com.
1: So obviously, again, when we spoke before, your role is platform and product agnostic. You're talking more about wider digital transformation here, but obviously we can't talk digital transformation without mentioning service now. Could you talk to me a little bit about the value you're seeing that bring into the customers where you have brought that to as the platform of choice to the forefront?
2: Yeah, we do a significant amount of work with ServiceNow, and to me, ServiceNow is a great enabler of workflow automation, ITSM. Yes, there are a number of use cases that we have done around ITSM, around workflow automation, and around around complex business processes. But what's, what's really exciting and new for us at this stage around this now ecosystem is uh, even extending service now for some of the telecom domain and use cases around telecom. So imagine that the operational support systems, OSS systems in telecom domain, which essentially uh, are uh, running your network, running uh, running a network inventory, complex provisioning orders, doing service assurance functions within the customer domain. And at this stage, we are extending ServiceNow to interact with telecom networks, gather the intelligence, integrate CMDB from a ServiceNow perspective in a telecom domain. This is early days, I would say, because this, is, this goes beyond conventional workflow automation. From a ServiceNow perspective. But very exciting times. We're extending certain capabilities. We are working with ServiceNow as well, and some very interesting upcoming clients as well on that.
1: Fantastic. I know obviously AI Ops is a passion of yours and and when we were thinking about what's next for organizations in digital transformation, AI Ops comes up so much. Would you mind giving us a high-level overview of, of defining, you know, what is AI Ops and then I'd love to know your views on how this is adding value to organizations and, and maybe what the next steps are for companies who should embrace AI into their business?
2: Sure. No, absolutely. I think our journey with of started uh, about a year and a half, two years ago, when when I realized that there is no single solution which can truly address holistic operation scenarios. When you look at operations world today, it's fairly complex. Cloud makes it, uh, you know, adds a twist to the whole story. And as you look at many of the products around, there are products and companies built around one or two specific use cases. So, what we started doing is uh, really looking at the wide spectrum of operational use cases and assembling uh, a solution which uh, includes multiple components to machine, uh, often from machine learning perspective. So, we started fairly simple. We started with uh, simple incident classification, creating closed loop automation for uh, incidents. So, in some ways, you could say a reactive but closed loop. And now where we are headed uh, with the capabilities is more more, uh, proactive, more active monitoring of the applications, infrastructure, detecting problems before they become problems, uh, dynamic thresholding. You're talking about scenarios in terms of correlation of events so you can draw uh, noise from the... You are talking about the next best action, the recommendations coming from the set of incidents and alarms that you're gathering from your IT domain. So AI ops is in my in my mind fairly exciting journey. I think mean, we are. In some ways, only getting started. There are some very interesting work we are doing, and of to bring not only IT ops scenarios, but even extending AI ops to some of the business scenarios. Looking at looking at order fallouts, looking at specific business scenarios which can help with machine learning and artificial.
1: Obviously, Obviously. um, when we're looking at best practice, I'd love to know your thoughts. You've obviously been through multiple implementations, as we mentioned before. You've obviously looked at complex infrastructure that has been in place for 45 years. If you were to uh, think of yourself as a coach and talk to a, a peer vp or svp um, or even looking at through the framework of coaching a a a c-suite level stakeholder which i'm sure you do on a daily basis through digital transformation what would be some of your advice around best practice
2: i think in my mind ultimately it's about it's about uh, people technology business is about people it's about uh, getting the collaboration going between multiple stakeholders ensuring that your cross-functional team is working seamlessly for me, personally, automation is a big best practice, is a big initiative that I drive wherever I'm involved. And for me, business agility is, so when I look at best practices, it's about how do you align technology? How do you ensure that technology does deliver the, the business value and delivers that in in ever-increasing requirements for business agility? So if I look at Agile, for example, and what we are doing with forming agile squad, adding that collaboration aspect, that agility aspect, and that automation aspect. If you can bring all these aspects together, in my mind, that is the best way of ensuring that you are delivering to business. Ultimately, for me, it's about business outcomes. All of us are I enjoy working on exciting technologies and I enjoy having architectural conversations. At the end of the day, it's about delivering business outcomes and ensuring business outcomes in a
1: most experience. Lastly, just before we come to a close, again, I think someone mentioned it to me the other week that it's always, you always think that senior people have always been senior, which I thought was a really interesting way to put it. Look, if you could go back and do it all again, if you could go back, you know, 15 years and give some advice to your younger self, just generally.
2: I think there'll be many things probably. (laughs) If I look back, I think my journey has, has uh, never been perfect. I think it has been, it has been uh, like a flowing river in my mind that you learn through the process of getting, dirtying your hands, getting to the gritties, and actually getting into uh, the weeds, as you say. But I would say, if I look back, I'd say, don't rush, enjoy the journey. What happens is, I, I think, at least for me, early phases of the, uh, of the career, you are set in terms of what you, where you're headed, what you want to do, and it helps to take take your time, enjoy the journey, build the long-term relationships because ultimately we are in the marathon here. You have a, a substantial career in front of you, and if you look at the whole picture in a well-rounded way, I would say just take it easy,
1: and enjoy the journey. I, I uh, think yeah, we can sometimes is, uh, get caught up in the, the day-to-day. You know, we don't really put things into perspective. No, I think that's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, Sachin, this has been great. I, I really appreciate you sharing your insights with us. Is there anything you'd like to add before we call it a day?
2: Thank you very much for asking me on the programme. I checked some of the prior speakers. So uh, thank you for uh, asking me here. It's a privilege. Uh, good to be talking to you, Ben.
1: You too, sir. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Bye-bye.